Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to Ingles and Ian. Uh, a Cowboys Right for Free podcast on the heels of a 21 to 20 victory over Boise State. Ian, how are you doing today, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. I uh, I got a quarantine now. I'm in the quarantine den. I got to go get uh go kick Uncle COVID's butt real quick. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. You know, Lord willing. So I, I, I think I'll be fine. But what just an, I think what. I think maybe OSU Boise State caused symptoms for me <laughs> just because of how stupid and ridiculous that game was. Just so many stupid things happened. I just, I, oh man. Yeah. I mean, that, well, one, being on the East Coast, that thing didn't kick till nine o'clock and I'm old. So that's late. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I like do not, like, I'm glad. Oklahoma State didn't go to the back 12 because that would, those would be like 10 or 11 o'clock kickoffs for me, and that would just oh, be yeah. awful. But so, one thing I did not realize going into that game, which I wish I had of, is just how many wide receivers we had out like four or five scholarship wide receivers were hurt or sick or something. And so, that helps explain why we only passed for like 83 yards, which is like only the third time that's happened in Gundy's entire career. And especially the way like college football is like, if you don't throw for 300, you're not even throwing the ball anymore. 13 total passes and only six were completed. Only one person had more than one completion. And that was Rashad Owens. And that was two catches for 34 yards. I was not anticipating that kind of game for Oklahoma state. Well, I wasn't expecting so, that out of Boise either because they're generally a pretty high-flying offense too. And like we talked about on Thursday, you know, they had put up over 300 yards a game and, you know, passing. And we managed to hold them to no no scores in the second half. Granted, they did that to us too. But still, I mean, that was just, that was just ugly. Uh, but, you know, Warren, you know, sort of coming out party. Like you saw flashes against Tulsa. He had some big runs against Tulsa, but – he was at second possession and he breaks that 75 yarder and was like, I'm here. I'm the number one running back now. Sorry guys. Yeah. I think that 75 yard run kind of solidified Warren as the number one guy. And we saw in the, uh, you know, the depth chart uh, today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the number one guy. I know it's, it said like, or whatever, but top of the running back sheet, Jalen Warren and he had you know those are kind of like Derrick Henry numbers in college where he has like 32 carries and 218 yards and two touchdowns that's what he had and uh he did really phenomenal but that defense man that defense was was something else I I was quite impressed with them only 61 rushing yards yeah were allowed yeah they're they're, 36 attempts uh Knowles is is the real deal I we're going to have a hard time keeping him because, you know, he was the head coach at uh, North Carolina. Then he got fired, became the defensive coordinator here. But with the way his defense is playing, he's, it's going to be hard to keep him. 
Like some team's going to hire him to be their head coach again. And he's got the experience and it's obvious that he can really rein in some high powered offenses. Jim Knowles wasn't a, he was only a head coach at Cornell. Was he was a defensive coordinator at Duke. Oh, Duke. That's right. So he was a Duke for like 2010 to 2017 uh, after he got fired from Cornell. But okay. uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I was, I guess I got to confuse somebody else, but yeah, he, I mean, but yeah, he's legit. He knows what he's doing. And, and I don't know. I just, some, you, you only give up that many yards to somebody. Eventually they're going to start showing up. And especially with how good their defense has been the last couple of years. I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time before somebody throws way too much money at them. I, I could see like an SEC team being like, hey, come be our defensive coordinator. We'll double your salary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just like what they can do compared to like what some big, big 12 schools can do. Well, not only that, but OSU held Boise State to zero points for two and a half quarters. They yeah. did all their scoring in the first quarter and the second half of the uh, the second quarter. Yeah. It, be, it was yeah. amazing how much they, they stepped it up right then and there because – when it got down to, you know, 17 to 7 or 20 to 7, I was like, it's oh, we might over. be in trouble here. Uh, I, I thought we were about to get trucked, man. Like, like full on. Like, I thought we were like the beat down. The route was on. I was like, like, it felt way more than just being down 17, you know? <laughs> like, well, or thir- no, it was only 13. It was, it was like 20 to 7, right? So it was only 13 yeah, points. Yeah. But it felt like It was a two-possession game, and it felt like five. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And that's just I think that just shows you how much Oklahoma State fans don't have confidence in the offense. When Jalen Ward broke out, we're like, OK, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. OK, that's something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. And that's that's weird for me, especially because, you know, for forever, this, you know, Oklahoma State's always been a really high flying team. Uh, they're just not anymore. And I don't and I don't know why. I don't know if it's personnel Again, on Saturday, I don't know if it was wide receivers being out, not being able to run full schemes. I mean, we had walk-ons playing wide receiver on Saturday. <laughs> and that's that's crazy, right? I mean, especially, you know, we're wide receiver you for the most part. I mean, when it comes to, like, great wide receivers, it's hard to find a school that's put out more good ones in the last 15, 20 years. Dez and Blackman, Wallace and, you know, Stoner and Wolf and everybody else. So the fact that we had to go to a walk-on or walk-on wide receivers, like that's insane to me, like having that many guys out. What's crazy is that was the longest pass Sanders threw all game for 24 yards. Think about that for a sec. Spencer Sanders had more yards rushing than his longest passing throw. Yeah, that is that is something like – he was the second leading rusher with what 20, 30, 30 ish yards. 26 like yards. Yeah. Yeah. And that just tells you how much they relied on uh, Jalen Warren. When you look at the rest of the running backs, yeah. You look at the, the rushing totals, man. Jalen Warren, 32 carries, Spencer Sanders, 18, and he only put up 26 yards. And then you go down the rest of the list Dominic Richardson, two carries, four yards. LD Brown, four carries, two yards. And then Presley. I think that was the jet sweep play that he got uh, just socked. Oh, that was a brutal hit. Absolutely brutal hit. <laughs> like, and I mean, not only that, I've heard boy. I think some a lot of people complained about that fumble in the um, in the like the late late in the game that could have been a touchdown. 
I think my only like complaint is like, well, the the whistle was blown, so you can't. I think once the the it's the ball is you know ruled dead, right? Right. The play is ruled dead after the whistle's blown. So even if I think even if they could, they can't go back and call that a touchdown. Right. So that that's just that was just one of the rules, and I, Oklahoma State did get very fortunate with that, but. I think that they got a makeup call on the roughing the passer penalty on Brock Martin. So therefore I kind of think that evens out uh, probably not to Boise state's liking, but I think the refs did. That was a, that was a makeup call. You see what Gundy said about that today? Yeah. He said it was a bad call. He called the refs crooked. He didn't just call it a bad call. Ooh. He said the refs were crooked. Like if oh. that were the NFL, he'd been fined already. Oh man. I, he might get fined on Tuesday, man. <laughs> well, those those were Mountain West officials, weren't they? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, almost. Does the Mountain West send like, hey, not cool, man? We're gonna we're gonna fine you. You have to pay the Mountain West refs. How does that work? So here, so I wanted to look it up. So in so th- th- this is a good example of just how the offense has changed over the years and, and re- rather rapidly in four years, right? So, uh, so far in two and a half year, well, two and a quarter years, Spencer Sanders has 4,300 passing yard. Mm-hmm. And Mason Rudolph's last year, he had 4,900 in a year. So in, a, in, in what, 13 games, Rudolph has more passing yards than Sanders has in his career. Like, that's just how different it is. Granted, we didn't, you know... If we go full, I mean, even if we were to add all the rushing yards in, he's only got Spencer Sanders only has fifty three hundred, if yeah, roughly yards. So if you include his legs and his arm, his entire career is basically the same as Rudolph's last season. Like that—that's how just different the offense is. I think a lot of that is just the way they can use his mobility, and then. I think it just tells you how big Mason Rudolph's arm is. Man's yeah. got a cannon, and Spencer, I mean, he, he he doesn't really have that. But I mentioned I mentioned last week. I don't think Oklahoma State can say can have seven punts and beat Boise State. It's seven punts <laughs> again. <laughs> so that's somehow the magic number because I think he's Tom Hutton has had seven punts in all three games this year. So. I guess if we punt eight times, the game's over, but apparently seven is the magic number. As one somehow. Of my, one of my friends would say punting is winning. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm a, I'm a big for the brand guy and all that, but, man, I mean, listen, listen to this real quick. So in 2019 and 2020, I said 2019, 2020, Tom Hutton had 58 and 59 um, punts. That's a lot of punts. So he's already at 21 in three games. So for doing the math in my head, if he gets seven punts for what, 13 games this year, that's 91 punts. So that's almost like that's just not, not doubling, but almost doubling the total. That's, that's crazy. Like our defense is great. I mean, it is, I think it is top tier, you know, in the country, you know, top 20 in the country caliber defense but you can't you can't keep doing that to him like 
You get you get the other offense that many attempts, you're going to they're they're eventually going to give up a lot of points just because they have the other team has so many opportunities. That's, that's killer. I just real quick, can I? This is the second quarter, or from the second quarter on. So this is all the like the results of like the second half drives. You ready for this? Oh God, no! But let's do this. <laughs> punt, punt, miss field goal. This is for both OSU and Boise State, by the way. Punt, 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 interception, fumble, miss field goal, end of game. It's just ugly. It is just ugly. <laughs> that was Big Ten football. Man, I I'll don't... tell you what, that miss field goal <laughs> blocked by Jason Taylor. I, I couldn't have believed it. I'm like, we like they did not deserve to win this game. <laughs> Like that was so no no team really deserved to win this game. Like I it's just a bad game. It was a stupid game. I think partially because it was like inter, like it was the Colby Harvell peel interception that followed by just several fumble, like a fumble and then misfield. I'm like, this game is chaos. There's yeah. no way that this should this should have happened. And then the way that OSU stormed back in the second half or in the second quarter, where it's like, okay, it's 21-20. Maybe this will be a shootout, and then no points are scored in the second half entirely. I just the way the game shifted from you know what could be a shootout to yeah. just a defensive battle was just unbelievable to me. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and like uh, at least the defense is good. <laughs> That's all I can say is at least the defense is yeah. good because we could easily be zero and three right now. Easily, I think. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, we we should have. We probably should have lost the opener. We mm-hmm. were holding it with. I mean, Tulsa's holding it, but hey, they had a good showing against Ohio State, so I feel a little bit better about that Tulsa showing because they yeah. they they fought them hard until the very end there, and then this game, you know, to lead for, by one for the entire second half and not give up any points—that's insane. Like. It's hard. It's hard to hold somebody to no points in football, even if it's just you know a field goal. Yeah, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's what I thought. Just like throughout the um, throughout the game, it's like okay, well, is there going to be like some field goals? It, it, it's just it's just mind blowing. And then like I, I'm going to tell you this. I know we're going to preview Kansas State in the next episode, but I think we're in for another just physical grimy like 10 to 7 game against oh, Kansas State. I think, I Kansas think we're State in for is it. really good. Uh I know. yeah, I think they are too, but I I think they are beatable. I think well, I mean, any team is beatable, but like you know what, yeah. Climbing any team is beatable nowadays. Yeah, Climbing's been there for a couple of years now and he's a really good coach. You know, he didn't have all that su- success at North Dakota State, North Dakota State for nothing, you know. And I think he's finally got his guys there, and it's starting to show. They beat Stanford. They beat a good Nevada team this week. I I'm worried. I'm worried about that game big time. I'm like, I'm worried that's going to be like a 48-21 loss for Oklahoma State. I I don't think it's going to be 48 to 21. I think that. Well, the what's weird is that Vegas has made the Cowboys a six in six point favorite right now. That's, that's crazy to me. Like I would in, in what world? I don't get it. 
I mean, I, I have a rule. I never bet against Oklahoma State, but if, if I didn't have that rule, I'd be taking those points. That, that might be that might be free money. Because right now I'm going anywhere between like three and seven points either side. Cause I think, well, A, I think that both um offenses and defenses kind of match up perfectly. I think they're just both similar teams. Cause the defense is physical. I think the I think there's an advantage with Oklahoma State because they faced Will Howard before uh, they faced him last year. Mm-hmm. So I think how much of a factor is that going in? Because you still have to face Deuce Vaughn, who's incredible. So, and I, I don't fully believe in the passing game of Kansas State. I'll look at their numbers real quick, but they're averaging 148.3 passing yards per game. Wow. They must be all on the ground then because they've been putting up. They were averaging over 30 points a game. Well, yeah, they're averaging 31 points per game flat. OSU was averaging 24. Uh, Their defense is uh, slightly better. They don't allow a lot of rushing yards. So 54.7 rushing yards per game. So that might be something to where they might have to – they might have to look through the air a little bit, but let me take a. I I think Kansas State is good. I think they're right where they're at, but I also think that their game against um, against OSU is going to be very competitive. Yeah, they scored 27, 31, and thirty eight in three games. So yeah, I mean, back down the, the 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 big thing though, I think the big takeaway for from Boise is we can at least run the ball. Yeah, we ran it a lot, but you know. Even without that big run, a Warren had over would have had around 150 yards. And compared to the struggles we've had, that's a good sign. So maybe we can run the ball, which hopefully opens up the passing game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And the hope is also that your receivers come back. Tay Martin, Jaden Bray come back. Right. And also you kind of hope Desmond Johnson comes back. Uh, because he he'll be he'll be helpful. I think yes, a scholarship wide receiver will be very helpful. Uh, so, uh, what do you think? Like, let's shift some, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, the Big Twelve is interesting looking right now. Oklahoma does not look like what I thought they were going to look like. They should have rolled, absolutely rolled Nebraska and didn't. Uh, you know, they yeah, they're still number three, number four in the country. But that's just because they haven't lost yet, but. They feel really vulnerable, and maybe they'll hit stride and be able to do, you know, Oklahoma things. But you know, West Virginia, big win over Va Tech this week. They're looking really good. Like as we said, K State. Um, you know, it's it's not. I mean, Iowa State's already lost. It is not what I expected coming into the season. That's for sure. Going into conference play. Yeah, it feels uh, it feels pretty open, but. I still I think OU's going to be fine because what's going to happen is they're probably going to – this is just me guessing. They will lose to Kansas State. They will come into the Red River rivalry storming mad, and then they're going to win that game, and they're just going to bulldoze through the rest of the season. That's that's what I think is going to happen because I think they're kind of – they I think that like Oklahoma State, I think they kind of slept walk, slept, slept walked through the season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maybe. You just, I mean, Rattler's not looking real sharp, you know? I mean, that's just, I don't know, that's just kind of how it is, you know? Like, they, they're just not looking sharp. They're, they are not the well-oiled machine um, that I'm used to seeing. You know you know, next weekend for them, it's a night game in Morgantown. That's a tough place to play. Like, I could see them dropping that game to West Virginia. That game's at home. That game's at home for OU. Oh, is it? Uh, I looked at the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that, that's a night game at uh, at Norman. Uh, oh, man. They, so, they got, I, I think that game will be tough, but I also think Nebraska – I think Nebraska was very motivated to play that game. I think that they wanted to prove themselves, and to somewhat of a degree, they did. I think they got the point across that, hey, we're not like – we don't necessarily suck. I think they give us more credit. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think that – I think the line is 16 and a half. I I take West Virginia with that. I think it'll be close. Yeah. I mean, if you take out – 16 and a half. Yeah, I mean, they beat Nebraska by seven and Tulane by five. I mean, if you take out Western Carolina, which they beat by 76, you know, that's other than that, they have not looked that impressive against bad teams. And so that'd be interesting to see. They got a rough stretch, you know, they, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but most of their big games are at home this year. I mean, obviously, Texas isn't, but they got West Virginia at home. DC at home, at home, Tech at home, and Iowa State at home. That's that's a good that's a good draw for the schedule to have those teams coming. I think because uh, Tulane was at home, I think they only have like four road games this year. It wasn't supposed four true road games, right? It wasn't supposed to be in Norman, but because of the hurricane, yeah. So yeah, they. I remember one year, like Ohio State only had like three one year. It was crazy. Yeah. It's no, it's it's super, it is super weird, uh, and I think that, I think we thought that that would provide some advantage, and it still might. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting college football season. Like, uh, it's like the second most FCS wins over FBS opponents in like ever. They've like there's ten FCS schools have won against FBS schools this season. Uh, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, just that's something that never used to happen. It was an aberration. Now it's happening every week. And that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I, I think right now, every like foot college football is wide open. I think that Alabama is probably the most vulnerable it's been since probably 2019 when they lost uh, Tua. Um, Clemson didn't look that great. Georgia, I think that Georgia looks pretty good. Uh, Ohio State has its questions, and they already lost this season. Oklahoma has its questions. Penn State, maybe. Maybe they overtake uh, Ohio State in the Big Big Ten. I kind of like 
Penn State coming out of the Big Ten, to be honest. I like what they bring. I think they might they might come out of the Big Ten West instead of Ohio State, but we'll see. That'd be something. Granted, I like having lived in Pennsylvania for a long time, like I kind of hate Ohio or Penn State just because their fans are annoying. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but and, they do look uh, they do look really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of another reason to hate Penn State, but uh <laughs> that too. I'll just I'll just leave it there. Man, oh man. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, so uh, some big stuff, a couple of rumors that have been floating around is that uh, the Oklahoma State president was actually on the road with the team talking to the Boise State president about uh, joining the Big 12. Man, uh, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do, like, come on. We're going to 16, man. It's happening. I'm, we... We're the Big 12 is a sinking boat, but it's like, hey guys, we got some new paint on it. Like it's sinking still. But the other the There's, other part that was interesting about it is that a lot of Pac 12 teams, depending on how, what ESPN does for their Pac 12 deal, might they're also thinking about jumping ship. So we'll we might those in- teams take Arizona, take the Arizona schools, take Colorado again. I mean, look, it's a free win. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, adding adding those Pac-12 teams, add Utah in there to uh, you know magnify the Holy War, put them in the same conference. Yeah, like if you could steal some of the Pac-12 schools, that's so beneficial. If you could do that, either merge with them or steal them. I mean, if you could get Utah, the Arizona schools, and maybe if you could snag one of the real big brands like USC kind of thing that would be just incredible right because usc is going to move the needle you know they got a lot of eyeballs oregon's going to move the needle for you i mean i hate the idea of having like true west coast time zone games like i've already said but i mean that's if you can do that that would make sense and maybe they use boise sort of a bridge school for sports yeah but i just i feel sorry for the kids at this point they're going to be traveling all over the place even in the new big 12 they're going to be traveling all over Time's not terrible. It's just an hour. I gotta do that for uh, for West Virginia and I think maybe Iowa, but I I think it'll be fine. They're gonna be fine. But I'm saying but we're gonna be stretching from West Virginia to Utah. That's a lot of miles. Sea to shine sea, baby. That's just how it works. <laughs> and just we're just gonna, you know what? You know what? This is what the Big 12 should do. They should just conquer all coast. Just have every team in every time zone and just don't become the Big 12. Just become the big conference. The big conference. Because at that point, you if we have 20 teams, we're the big conference. Because we got so many teams. The super pods. Five-team pods. No, no, no. No, we'll, no we're going to expand to 36. We got six-team pods. One and two face each other. Three and four face each other. And five and six face each other. And then all three teams face off. We're, we're going to get so big, we're going to have to have a playoff for the conference. <laughs> yes. We will basically be in the 70s. There was, like, all those independents. The Big 12 is just going to be a holding, like, area for independent schools. It's yeah. just so big. But, you know, this kind of reminds me of the last big uh, restructuring of the conferences. The ACC was basically dead. And then they managed to convince everyone to give up the their grant of rights for a long time. 
and then Clemson got good and saved the conference. Like the ACC was basically dead for football. Uh, I think it's really one of the only things that held it together was basketball. But you know, maybe this is what happens. Maybe the Big Twelve is basically dead, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we're the new big thing." What does the Big Twelve have to offer? Because they don't really have like a a signature sport like the SEC does with football. Did with basketball maybe we're the you best basketball say, we're one of the best if not the best basketball conference in the country right now well yeah but i'm like when you think of basketball you think of like the duke north carolina syracuse like those those schools you you could say that's a, like it's a good conference but when you think of like college basketball you think of those acc schools not necessarily those big 12 schools kansas might sneak in there but not necessarily yeah, the conference is definitely basketball. a blue blood yeah yeah, but and I agree. But hey, I mean, right now the Big Twelve is making more money than the Pac twelve is. And granted, that a lot of that's because of Texas and OU. But if they can keep that up, you're a Big Twelve school and you can get a ten million dollar a year raise. Why not? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it is all. It is all about the money. But I kind of I find it funny that the Big Twelve needs like eight eight other schools. To make up the money for two schools, like, like is that not wild? I mean, Texas is huge. I mean, I know it's the largest athletic budget in the country. They have the second largest mm-hmm. endowment in the nation, right behind Harvard. I mean, they got so many. Like, they are so big. Like, it's something like even I didn't even realize just how monstrous they are until this really. Started. I knew they were huge and a big brand, but. I mean, they're they're huge. They're 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 the Dallas Cowboys of of college football. I mean, everybody either loves or hates them one one way or the other. You know. Yeah, I they are that polarizing, and they're also are they stuck in two thousand five? I guess. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> Vince Young is still running on them somewhere. Yeah, they made a whole network dedicated to the two thousand six Rose Bowl. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah and i think you know i think one thing that could help the pac-12 is yeah there is a west coast there is, there is an issue being on the west coast because a lot of people don't watch their games because you know they kick off at 10 or 11 o'clock on the east coast right and there's a lot of people on the east coast so maybe having games in the central or even eastern time zone every year would be good for them to get some more exposure Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe going to West Virginia and Cincy every year, or every other year, or whatever, would be good for just exposure and like help them out. Well, you know how beneficial that um, Oregon game was for Ohio, or for that Ohio State game was for Oregon. That was huge. Was there huge. were um, recruits just shocked of how good Oregon was and how physical they are. Like I love, and also I I, I love Pac-12 after dark. I was watching that after the. Uh, <laughs> the uh, OSU game. So I didn't mind the eight o'clock uh, kick. Cause I guess because the game was like just like over three hours. It was, it was a relatively quick game. Well, you run the ball as much as we do. <laughs> the clock's going to keep running. <laughs> I, I I assume like 15 years from like, oh, it sucks. But we'll see. I mean, I haven't watched a night Pac 12 game in a while. Cause just generally by the time that rolls around, like, I mean, granted, you know, I was married for a long time. So generally by 
you know, 11 o'clock at night, me and the wife want to, you know, do other things. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I haven't watched a Pac-12 game, like uh, a night Pac-12 game in a long time. I didn't know we were going to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting that. Um, that was, hey, did man. not expect that at all. Priorities. <laughs> Oh man! But um, looks like the Baylor game is going to be at a uh, six o'clock next week on ESPN two. That's where, where are they playing? That, that's at uh, that's at uh, oh. OSU. But that is um, that's something. That's another uh, six o'clock kickoff. So well, yeah, that's math, a lot of night games. Three six o'clock kickoffs. One eleven o'clock. One eight o'clock. Yeah. There's the there's the math right there. So. Or, I don't know. Uh, the, the next two games are both night games. KSU yeah. seven and so is Baylor. So seven East Coast. Yeah, yeah six Central, seven East Coast. Yeah. I know. I know. OU is upset because we've had more night games than they do. Oh man! Well, they got that. a two. They got the two thirty game against uh, K State. So it's not. It's not on eleven o'clock. And also, I mean, the reason why that Nebraska game was at eleven o'clock is because Nebraska isn't that good. <laughs> Like it's not on them, it's not on you, it's on them. Yeah, the, I don't know why they're so salty about eleven a.m. kickoffs. Like eleven a.m. eleven a.m. kickoffs aren't the worst thing in the world. I mean, like, it, I get I get it. If they have like I think like eight of their games last year were eleven o'clock kickoffs. But guess what? You have the rest of the day to do whatever. It's kind of convenient. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll tell you as a fan, my favorite was that two thirty kickoff. Like I love the two thirty kickoff. You sleep in, you wake up at eleven, mm-hmm. go get some lunch. You know, you, by the time the game's over, it's time to go to get dinner. Like it's just like a perfect, yes. especially in the fall. It's sunny mm-hmm. and it's cool, and yes, uh, the weather's perfect in Stillwater in like November, at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, so that, like that is my absolute favorite. Two thirty is the best time for a kickoff. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah, so let's. Wrap a few things up uh, before we get out of women's soccer team, five, three, and one heading into Kanto. Good for them. Uh, they've got a chance to be good this year, if I understand. And if you're in the Austin area, the Big 12 Women's Soccer Championship is in Round Rock, which is a really fun little town. And it's like 45 minutes. It's not even that far north of Austin, but it's close to Austin. So if you're, you're in the area or just feel like going, you know, that's a good time. Uh, What's crazy? So this is something that's kind of crazy. So I was looking at the golf rankings today. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's number one, OU's number yeah. two, and Texas is four. So we got huh. three Big Twelve teams in the top four, and Pepperdine, who is yeah, yeah, Pepperdine the is the national all, champion. Yeah. Uh, so that's crazy that you know Oklahoma is just running like the big Big Twelve golf right now, and then. You know, the women's team is doing really good, but in Texas, Texas is almost always good, but it's crazy that we've got three teams in the top. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of a big golf area all of a sudden. I mean, I mean, I think what helps is uh, the wind because uh, they have to play against the wind like every day. So, yeah, I think I mean, that helps. Well, and uh, Carson Creek is uh, – that's a pro-level course. Yeah. Be more than I have not of- been there yet. Because I'm bad at golf, but I have, I've never got to play there, but I've gone there just to see it because it is kind of it's yeah. it's really cool because it's sort of a mini Oklahoma State Museum for golf. 
mm-hmm. so highly recommend it. But it is, I mean, it's a very, very hardcore. It's definitely more than what a lot of other schools play on. There's a reason that, like, it seems like every third or fourth year, it's a, like the NCAA golf championships in Stillwater. Yeah, I think it was uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a it's a quality course from what I've heard. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think uh, also with soccer, I mean, right now they're I think currently they're like the third best team behind like TCU and West Virginia. I think TCU do they have to go to TCU. They have to go to TCU and they have to go to West Virginia. So they're two. I think their two toughest games are away. So that'll be that'll be a little tough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know they've been doing pretty well the last couple of years. They've run a couple, at least one Big Twelve title in the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. yeah. So get, you know, go cowgirl soccer. <coughs> oh man, still got this cough hanging around. It's killing me. <laughs> You're about yeah, to have got, it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm trying to like contain my cough. To be completely honest with you, I'm just like holding it in. Like <laughs> it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> All right. So it is Monday. So let's wrap up the show with your hot take. What's your hot take either from last weekend or this upcoming weekend? Like what's something that you're going to like, this is your hot take for the week. Mine is, is that one of the top three teams in college football will lose next weekend. Oh, do you and know I, which one? I'm kind of feeling Bama. Not going to lie. Kind of thinking it's going to be Bama just because they, you know, they're very good, but it feels like those players are starting to be just like, we're Bama, we're going to win. Like they don't have that same, I don't know, Nick Saban normal level of intensity. It's fine. Uh, I'm sorry. So we can edit this out. I'm in my like, so. For quarantine, I, I went back home because my family, my family got COVID like a month back, so they still got like the antibodies, I guess. So that's okay. where I'm at right so now. So I, I take it back. It's not going to be Bama because they're playing. Yeah, I was about nobody. to say. If it, if they were playing Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is going to be really good. Like I would be. That's what I, I was not be thinking. Sh- I would not be shocked if they if uh, Ole Miss beats Bama. That's where that's where I'm kind of at too. Uh, that old Miss game is going to be very tough, but I think they, they might be prepared for that. I don't know, but we'll see. And then uh, I think my hot take for the week is that uh, I think I think NC State's going to – I think NC State might upset Clemson. Wow, that would be something. Because I, well, it's, at, it's at NC State, which is why I'm pretty confident. They haven't looked good on the offensive side of the ball. They have um, not, so, yeah. And we'll see what NC State does. I mean, eventually, because you know, these guys have all had yeah. these great quarterbacks, right? You know, OU had this string of quarterbacks. You know, obviously, Bama had their string of quarterbacks. Same with Clemson. Like, at some point, you just miss. And I think that's starting to catch up to a lot of teams that they've eventually either, be, especially because of the transfer portal, people can move. And, and I think that's just all of that starting to catch up to people. I really I do. Got, I got one more take. SMU might be TCU. Ooh. I think I think SMU might upset the Horned Frogs. That'd be something. I, I, the I like the Mustang. Did you see that Hail Mary they had? It was pretty yeah. pretty good. 
They got uh, Tanner Mordecai and uh, Grant Calcaterra, former OU guys. I think they look uh, – I don't know. I think they look a little better than uh, what they're expected to. I think they might pull it off. They might take the iron skillet. The iron skillet? Is that the trophy? That's what that rivalry is called, yeah, the Battle of the Iron Skillet. (laughs) I did not realize that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, dude, uh, let's. <laughs> I might send you a picture of the trophy because I think it's literally a frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm oh, I'll see. be. <laughs> it, it's it is a giant cast iron frying pan. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. <laughs> No, college football is the best. It is what makes college football great. There's just a whole that's just a cast iron skillet, and it's just it's it's great. That's college football, man. I know, I love it. (laughs) So, Ian, thanks for coming out as always, listeners. Of course, uh, you can always find me on Twitter if that's your thing at Jacob Ingles. obviously check out the website cowboys right for free uh hit up ian's twitter uh yeah so anytime you want to interact with us just hit us up and we'll be more than happy to do read your questions and answer those or whatever we do have a podcast twitter that's uh, kind of under construction but um but yeah it is it's there ingles and ian uh you could just find it on there I think we both follow it, but uh, we'll need we'll need to post some stuff on there soon. So yeah, for sure, just, just need to find the right stuff. All right, and I'll, we'll see y'all on Thursday.